right, well, if you would uh, grab uh, your copy of uh, God's Word, and uh, you can get it open uh, to Psalm 86. Again, just like last week and all throughout this series, uh, we're going to be in a few different passages uh, each week as, uh, as we go through uh, what it looks like to be a healthy church and a, and a strong church, which of course is the title of our new series. And really, this is where we are really seeking to lay out kind of the culture, you know, what is our culture as a church? You know, what is our, what is our way of life as, as redemption? And so this is uh, really all about what our six distinctives are. And I believe we have a slide here. Again, we showed you this uh, last week, but the slide here is what shows what our six distinctives are. And so these are, you know, the core values, right, informed by the scriptures uh, that we are committed to pursuing uh, to the glory of God. After all, if you think about it, right, that, that's why we exist, right? That is why we have been put here on this planet. Do you realize that there are so many people out there in the world who are asking that very question? Like, why am I here? Right? What, is the, what is the point of all of this? Sometimes it seems very random. Sometimes it seems like uh, there, should, there is a purpose and they're, and, and they're struggling and they're searching and they're looking for all kinds of things. How amazing is it that we as the church who have the scriptures have that answer? Right? We are here. We exist to bring glory to God. And so last week we began by explaining uh, what our disciple-making philosophy is. And you see it there on the screen, right? It, it's to be purposeful, right? It's, it's to be very intentional. It's not just about, you know, let's, let's show up here on a Sunday and kind of see what happens, right? That's, that's not the point of it at all. We're supposed to have a plan. The plan is supposed to be uh, biblical. Well, this morning, uh, we're jumping into the next one here, which is uh, all about prayer, Okay, prayer. Now, when you hear uh, that's going to be another sermon on prayer, uh, what is your kind of gut reaction to that, right? Like, like how does that, that kind of land on you? Like, maybe for you, if you're being honest this morning, you're kind of like, ugh, boring, right? Like, maybe for you, that the topic of prayer is, is just kind of, it, it seems dry, Right, really, do we have to talk about this? I feel like there are other things more pressing in my life that I would like to, to learn about or, or, or even grow in. Really, prayer, prayer, seriously, we want to talk about this? Maybe for you, you think it's boring. Maybe for some of us, when you think about the topic of prayer, uh, it's feelings of, of guilt and, and, and shame that begin uh, to bubble up. And you're like, man, like I know this is important and I understand that this is what the Bible says, but, but man, I, I'm, I'm just so terrible at this. Right? And I'm not great at it, and, and, and honestly, I don't, even, I don't even really desire to, and I know that I should, and, and so I, I feel the conflict there, and I feel guilty about this, and, and even shameful about it. Maybe for, for others of us here this morning, you know, we're, we're trying, I mean, I mean, we really are, we're, we're trying to pray, and we're trying to make it a commitment, and, and a priority, and all of that, but it's, again, it's just difficult, and, and again, I'm fighting this kind of lack of desire, or maybe even praying about something, or a bunch of things, a, a lot, and you're just not seeing much, much attraction being gained there, and, and it doesn't feel like maybe even the Lord is hearing me, let alone answering, and so for you, you're just kind of, you're discouraged about the whole thing. Like, I, I want this to be great, and it just doesn't feel like it is for me, maybe... Maybe for some of us, though, 
you know, you're coming in here and you're like, yeah, man, prayer, like prayer is so important and we need to, we need to, we need to get this as individuals and as the church. And, and, you know, I know that I'm not perfect and I'm trying and I stumble and I fall and I make all kinds of mistakes and, and I, and I leave it for too long and all this, but I, but I want to learn, right? I want to, I want to dig in here. I want to grow and I want to, I want to improve to the glory of God, my, my prayer life. Well, my heart this morning uh, would be that no matter what your kind of natural reaction is to the topic of prayer, my heart would be that, that we would all come away from this here this morning a little more inspired by Jesus Christ and his word, right? To be the types of, of individuals and families represented here and, and really a church family that's committed to, to fervent prayer, right? Fervent prayer. I love I love that word. I love that description. I love this quote by, by Hannah Moore. Now, she was a, a contemporary of William Wilberforce and instrumental in seeing uh, the abolishment of the slave trade. But look at this. This is so good. I think this kind of, this kind of pulls apart the fervency a little bit. She says there that, that prayer is not eloquence, okay, primarily. We often think that, you know, I need to, I need to say the right words and my prayers need to be, you know, real flashy and real shiny and, and impress people and impress God. She's saying here, it's not... It's not eloquence, but, but earnestness, right? That, that's, that's fervency right there. Not, not the definition of helplessness, but the feeling of it, right? You're like, I don't, I don't like to feel helpless. Well, that's actually a good thing that you would, that you would feel that way because it drives us towards prayer. She says, um, not, not figures of speech, again, flashy language, but earnestness of soul, right? Fervent, fervent is how our prayers ought to look. Right? And that's absolutely the kind of intensity that, that, that we kind of see modeled here when it comes to prayer by the, by the early church in the New Testament. Right? You, you never get a sense here as you read uh, the books of the Bible in the New Testament specifically that, that, that Christians prayed simply because it was like this, this onerous command you know, by God laid on them like this massive weight and burden. And you know, it was met by this reaction that was kind of like, well, you know, you know, I, I guess... You know, I guess I, I better check that box, right? Because God tells me to, or, or you know, I, God tells me I have to pray, so I, you know, here goes, right? That's, that's not the mentality that they had. No, they, they prayed because life demanded it, right? It was very much a necessity, right? They had so much going on in their lives, right? And the same thing goes for us, right? There's so many ups. There's so many amazing things happening throughout the course of our lives. There are also so many downs and so many challenges and, and so many disappointments that, that the early church, and I think us too, we, we, we should feel like we, we, can't, we can't even imagine not praying uh, without some fervency or with fervency. Okay, God, God, you have to move here. Right? That should be the heart of our prayers. Lord, I, I, like, I need you so, so badly. I, you need to move on, on our behalf, God. We have so many needs. Right? But we, we need you to move on, on behalf of the church too and, and, and for your glory and the building of your kingdom here on earth. Right? And it's precisely that type of mentality, that type of, of fervency that I think often it's, just, it's so largely missing in North American churches these days. Right? We're, we're, we're a sleepy bunch, right? We're, we're I think, too comfortable oftentimes because we have so much, we have, we have, there's, there's so much plenty here in, in, in Canada, right? Oftentimes we're 
just so distracted by by other things that have captured our hearts and you know we, we want other things so badly. No wonder we don't have much of an intensity and fervency when it comes to prayer, right? Maybe it's that we're, we're just not gripped enough by, by the greatness of God, right? And we don't see him as, as the scriptures lay him out for us and as he is working in the world. We're not, we're not compelled by his, his mission to go and make disciples. You know, as, as the Lord starts to work in our hearts and and we see him as he is, and we see what he has called us to, and just the magnitude of the mission, and, and at the same time, we see how feeble we are to, you know, make any of it happen on our own. You know, as all these things begin to come together for us, we begin to pray, right? And we will begin to pray fervently, right, with some enthusiasm, some passion, some desire, some, some desperation, and so listen, this is what we're going to be talking about here this morning as we look at some of these great texts, these great verses. And as we do that, before we get into it, I want to pray. And so why don't you join me as we do that together, Lord. We come before you and we know that, um, Lord, you are an amazing God. We know that you are an awesome God. But Lord, at the same time, we confess how we lose sight of that so easily. And Lord, as we get our hearts and our, and our focus and our attention on ourselves so easily and and we, can be, we are such you know, self-centered people when, we, when you break it right down, Lord. And Lord, as we see that, we, it's no wonder that, that sometimes we just do, we don't pray. We don't pray, period, let alone with fervency, let alone with, with earnestness of soul. And so God, I pray that as we go through the challenges and the ups and downs of life, we see the good, we see the bad, we see all of that. Father, I pray that we would also recognize that we need to bring all of these things to you. Lord, I pray that we would learn to, to pray in a way that brings you glory, Lord. I pray that we would learn to have a big biblical vision for what the church is about, Lord. I pray that we would see that you have called us to this thing, and this thing is amazing, and this thing is so utterly beyond uh, what we, who we are, what we're capable of, Lord. We need you to move and you to work. And so, God, inspire us here this morning. God, show us that you are great. Show us that you are for us. Show us that you hear us. Show us that you love to answer prayer and move on the behalf of your children. And again, for the sake of your great name, we pray all of this in Christ's name. Amen. Amen. Well, here's the first uh, thing here this morning. Uh, three things to go through. It says this, we are committed as a church here okay, to glorifying God through fervent prayer, right? Knowing how desperately we need his help, right? We are desperate for that, right? That's, that's the why right there. Why do we pray? Well, because we, we need him, right? We need him so badly. Take a look at Psalm 86 verse one. Maybe you're there in your Bibles. If, if you don't have a Bible or you don't really wanna flip around a bunch today, this will be on the screen uh, for you as well. But here's what it says. It says, incline your ear, O Lord, and answer me for I am poor and needy. I just love how that just, gets, that just gets right at it right there. Right? I love that verse and said by uh, King David. I love that word incline, right? You know, you know what that word is? It, it means bend, right? You've heard the, the phrase bend your ear, right? Incline your ear, stretch, stretch out, extend towards me, right? This verse is simply to say, hear me, God, right? And, and, and please respond. And so in this here, you, you see David's, admission of, of absolute neediness, 
right? Which if you think about it, that's pretty impressive uh, for a king, right? I kind of like to think of kings, or I can only imagine that kings, uh, generally speaking, would be fairly uh, confident people. You know, they, they say something, something gets done, and, 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 and they, they make a command, and people work, and people obey, and so you can imagine they would probably in some ways feel quite puffed up and pretty impressed with themselves. And, and David, you don't sense any of that here. Where he's like, no, I'm, I'm poor and, and I'm needy. Lord, would you please have mercy on me? Now, if you were to read down through the rest of this Psalm here in Psalm 86, you would see that the, the particular crisis that, that David was dealing with here had to do with, he kind of says, insolent or, or, or ruthless men rising up uh, against him. Right, that was his day of trouble, as he describes it. This is the specific crunch uh, that made his need for help uh, so apparent. Now, of course, uh, you and I, we've had uh, plenty of moments, maybe not specifically uh, like David's, but plenty of, of our own stories where you know, our lives have detonated in all kinds of painful and messy ways. You know, and even as I say that, I can imagine that you would point to something that happened maybe recently or, or, or in the past. We're like, yeah, that's it for me. That, that's, that's the crunch, right? That was, that was my day of trouble. And as you've kind of thought about that and kind of processed some of those moments in your life, they're, they're, they're sobering, aren't they? I mean, they really are. They're ultimately from God's sovereign hand, which is another amazing thing, you know, kind of think about and realize that God is in control uh, of all of that. But, but in those moments, it's where we're just, we're faced with, with just that acute reminder, right? It's, it's, it's like a knife just like jammed in our hearts of uh, a reminder of just how desperately you and I need God. Right? And it's, it's, it's kind of incredible. I don't know if that's the best word, but it's kind of incredible to, you know, how, how in the, just the blink of an eye, right? And, and just the, the snapping of, of our fingers, right? We can know, right, that, that only God can help me here, right? Have, have you had your eyes open to that? Where, where it's like, you know, no amount of money, right? Uh, no, no rest, no vacation or time off. No, no person could ever help me here in, in this moment, in this need, in the, in the way that I need God to help me right now, right? That's how desperate, that's how, that's how total my need is for the Lord. Now, while we've all experienced or, you know, at some point will experience those heavy circumstances where our need for God is, again, so glaringly obvious to us, as we've already mentioned, perhaps as you've, you know, grown in your walk with the Lord and, and you're starting to, you know, kind of absorb who he is a little bit more and your, your understanding of the scripture is, is becoming a little bit more complete and you've just kind of walked some days with him, perhaps you've also grown more aware that, you know, in time as we grow, um, You've become aware of just the reality that, hey, at the end of the day, there's, there's simply never a time where I don't need God. Right? Have you kind of realized that? Like literally every single day is filled with just innumerable, it seems, moments where, where our need for God is exposed. Right? And perhaps you've experienced, you know, some of these this week. Right? Like any of you kind of ask the question, like how on earth... Can I, you know, possibly get through to my third-born child? Right? Have you asked that question? It's like the first two, they're like kind of normal. 
right? And what we tried kind of worked with them, especially with the firstborn. Secondborn was maybe a little touch and go, but it kind of worked out. Thirdborn, right? I have no idea what I'm doing. Right? Like we broke the mold with, with that. Get, how do I get through? You realize in that moment that no matter, no, no matter how much you, you yell, no matter how many consequences you put in place, no matter how much you, you encourage and direct, nothing seems to work with the thirdborn child. Right? And so for you, it's like, man, I, I need the Lord. Right? I've read all the books. I, I've talked to all the people. I, I, it's him that I need. Lord, would you get through? Perhaps... A question that you've asked this week is like, how can I, how can I learn to better, you know, express myself to my spouse, right? Like share my, my, my disappointments, my, my frustrations in a way that doesn't spark World War III, right? And every time we seem to try and have a conversation about this, it just goes off the rails and it gets bad, right? Like how, how can I do this? God, I, I, I need you, right? Or maybe for you this morning, and I felt this way, certainly. Like, how, how in the world can I, you know, walk into church today, right? And, and serve wherever it is that I'm serving, knowing just, you know, how brutal my heart was and my attitude was throughout this week. And I'm supposed to come in here and, 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 and serve in a way where, where people are encouraged. I'm, I'm pointing them to Christ no matter what I'm doing. I'm supposed to be, you know, filled with the, with the Spirit. He empowers me to serve. Like, how, how can I even do this today knowing that my drive with the family, you know, and, and, and just kind of even getting out the door was just so brutal? How can I do this? God, I, I need you. Right? I mean, we could, we could literally take hours here just going through all kinds of, you know, different examples and, and, and all the different attitudes and the issues and, and, and the scenarios that we might experience on a, on a single day alone, right? That so clearly highlights our desperate need for God's help. I think there's something else here to be, you know, mindful of, aware of, and perhaps, you know, you've already noticed this in your heart as well. And, and then it's that as we increasingly become more and more aware of our need for God, and you're like, yeah, I get it, man. Like every single day, every single moment, I need the Lord. And, and who am I to try and you know, figure out the course of my life or, or somebody else's life if I'm responsible uh, for someone else? Like I realize that as I'm growing there, though, perhaps you've seen that there's still this, this urge inside of you. I know I need to run to God, but there's this urge inside of you to run elsewhere. Have you realized that? Like you know Right? You've heard a million messages on prayer and I need to bring that to the Lord. Right? I, I, I know that, but have you found that your heart still functions in a way that you want to run to other things? Right? You run to, to idols. Right? It should be fervent prayer. That is my true lifeline. That, that is the answer there. But instinctively, I want to go elsewhere. Right? What, what are the things that, that you run to? What are, the, what are the idols of your heart that you go to? For how, perhaps for you, instead of you know, fervent prayer and bringing these things to the Lord, these needs, these desires, for you, maybe it's, it's, it's this like codependent relationship on another person, right? And relationships are so good and, and they're given to us by God and, and there's something to be enjoyed, certainly, but sometimes we, we kind of go too far with that. Instead of bringing needs to, to, to Christ, we just, we, we just constantly have that one person, I, that person is my lifeline, Right? That person will solve everything for me. It could be, a, it could be a spouse, it could be a parent, it could be a friend. Right? Instead, of, instead of praying, you're constantly looking to another person to, to kind of iron out your issues. Perhaps for you, instead of fervent prayer, you kind of throw yourself headlong into your career. 
And I'm just going to bury myself in work. And if I could only just, you know, kind of feel successful over here, maybe that will kind of drown out the lack of success I'm, I'm sensing kind of in my, in my walk with the Lord. And so you, you kind of you run to that, even though you know what the right answer is. For others of us, maybe it's just simply entertainment, right? My dumb phone, right? I'm, just, I'm growing more and more sick of it. And, and anytime I'm feeling a little bit anxious maybe about something, and, and for me, I just found sometimes my tendency is just kind of bury myself in my phone, start scrolling things, start reading articles, start listening to podcasts, whatever it is. I'm kind of busy myself instead of that, instead of that fervent prayer, right? We so want comfort, don't we? And we run to those things. Maybe that comfort is even turned into some kind of an addiction. Maybe it's an addiction that is somewhat acceptable as a society. Uh, maybe it's an addiction that is not. But either way, it's, it's starting to, to really put some problems between you and the Lord and maybe some problems between other people. But you keep running to it even though you know that the answer is to pray fervently. Have you identified what those, those things are for you? Have you identified what your heart longs for and what your idols are, what they run to? Have you been bringing those to the Lord? Have you been confessing those? Have you been like, Lord, I, I know that I shouldn't be going here, but, but I am. And Lord, I, I want to continue to, 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 to bring that before you. I want to you know, bring somebody else into this. I don't want this to be a secret anymore. Right? Just asking the Lord in prayer to incline your ear to me, God. Would you do it? Would you, would you, Lord, I, I, I admit that I am poor and needy. God, help me. And remember, this isn't something that we just do at, you know, on an individual level, though we certainly do. A fervent prayer is something that we do collectively. Right? That's something that we do together as the church. It's one of the, you know, the main distinctives of, of a healthy church and a strong church. That's why we're talking about that today. Right? So as a you know, local church community, which we are here, we should, we should be rallying together around this, right? Fervent prayer, right? As we have these burdens and as we're identifying idols in our hearts and stuff like that, it's, it's, it's inviting other people into that process as well. Lifting, lifting each other's burdens with a certain desperation, with a, a certain earnestness, with an intensity uh, before God. We would do that as we pray together, you know, and that's kind of the heart and the idea behind praying together in, in small groups throughout the week, right? Bring these things before the Lord. Be honest about it. Everyone's in the same boat. Everyone needs Christ the same. Are, 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 we, are we rallying together for this? You know, when you meet together in your teams on, on Sunday as you serve and, and, and maybe you're, you know, a greeter or, or you're serving in Redemption Kids or, or whatever it might be and you gather together and pray, are you crying out to the Lord with fervency, not like, oh man, it's like, it's 9.15, I guess we better get this done. No, like, are you, like, we need you, God. Who are we to carry out the mission here? We, we need your help, right? Do we do this? I mean, I think about even just last week's message and you know, it's about purposeful disciple making. I mean, how overwhelming is that? To even consider like, this is what we're called to? Like, I'm telling you right now, we're, we're not naturally good at this. Right? We don't do it. We, we don't want to get to know each other. We don't want to you know, unpack our hearts and, and kind of wade through the mess and the muck that is our hearts. We don't want to do that. As much as people might say that we want to do that, when we, when we actually start to do it, it's like, nah, I don't know that I want to. Right? I'd rather just kind of keep it surfacy and have a smile and let's just only go so deep. Right? We, we don't even want to go after that and I think as we think about this even more, we, we realize, man, I, I, I just can't pull this off. 
right? We need the Lord. God, help us. God, get the glory through this. That's our desire. Here's the second thing. We're committed to glorifying God through fervent prayer, utilizing this weapon as we go to war. Here's Ephesians 6, verse 18. We've talked about this verse many times at our church, but here's what it says. It says, praying at all times in the Spirit, with all prayer and supplication, supplication are like requests, asking for things. To that end, keep alert with all perseverance, making supplication for all the saints. Now, as we just kind of read that, again, we're pulling that out of context here. So it's important that we remember the context and realize that, that this verse, you know, what's going on around this verse is that Paul is dealing with the reality of spiritual warfare Right? And you can read all about that in verses 10 down to 20 in Ephesians chapter 6. Right? Paul has just told the Ephesian church here to put on the whole armor of God. Why? Why would he say that? Why would he tell us to do that? Why would he get the early church to do that? Well, because we're at war. Right? We are. This is, a, this is a serious battle here that we've got on our hands. Right? We've got an enemy. His name is, is Satan. And it's his, his spiritual forces or demonic forces of evil, it says. That, that, and they scheme against us. Right? Against the church. Against, against believers in this attempt to, to render you and I, our church, completely ineffective in actually bringing God any glory whatsoever and fulfilling the Great Commission, which is the mission to make disciples. Right? We have an enemy that is, that is constantly coming after us. Listen, as much as you and I, you know, might want spiritual ease in our life, you know, I think we all want comfort. We all want, you know, kind of a peacetime mentality. We have to understand that this is just straight up not the times that we live in. Right? It's not it at all. A spiritual war is afoot and we're in the thick of it. Christians, churches, we're up to our neck, up to our eyeballs in it, whether we like to believe it or not. Because listen, we, we're, you know, we're so blessed, I think, to, you know, to live in a country that is not war-torn. Right? Like Remembrance Day was just uh, this past Monday and trusting that you had a moment and, and some time there to kind of just reflect on that and what was done to, to kind of you know, secure our freedoms here and those who lost their lives. I, I trust that you had some time to just thank the Lord for that and the amazing blessings that we have here, right? It's a massive privilege to live in the country of Canada. But I think sometimes as the church, we can get kind of lulled into thinking that, that spiritually it's, it's peacetime as well, right? We, we, we see with our eyes that, that things are pretty comfortable here in our country, but spiritually, uh, it's not, right? It's not peacetime, right? There is a, a mission to carry out, right? Our enemy is, is real. He is not flesh and blood, which means that we need spiritual weapons to fight, right? That's what we need. Ephesians 6 tells us that our only offensive weapons that we have are the sword of the Spirit, right? And the armor of God, that's the only, that's the only offensive weapon that we have. The, the sword of the Spirit is the Word of God. We're going to get much more into that topic next week. But then if you think about it, praying at all times in the Spirit, which verse 18 tells us, that's a weapon of war as well. Spirit-filled, fervent prayer. Why at all times? Why does he say pray at all times? That sounds exhausting. 
Right, really? I can't take, take, can't take a, a break there? Can't take a breather? Well, it's just the idea here that, that our enemy doesn't take a day off. He's not going to be like, oh, it's Sunday and they're going to go to church? There, we'll just kind of give them that. Day of rest? Yeah, we agree. Go for it. We'll pick it up again on Monday. No, have you noticed that like Sundays are like the worst days sometimes? It's like the hardest day on our attitude. It's the, it's the hard, like, like, have you found that if you're a people person on Sundays, you're not a people person all of a sudden? Right? I don't want to engage in relationships. I, I, want, I want to walk away. You find that like your sin tendencies creep up on Sundays. The enemy's coming after us. The enemy hates us. He hates what we're doing. He's relentless about this. He fights dirty. He's, he's gritty. He's, he's filled with hatred for, for God's church and, and for the Lord. And some of us, we wonder, why are, why do things, why are things are so hard in, in, in life? Like, why, why do we struggle so much to, to do the right things, to obey God, to, to even desire to do the right things? Hey, well, wonder no longer, right? We are at war, right? Our sinful nature, right? Our, our own flesh is constantly trying to drag us down into just living for self, Right? And, and being super selfish about all of that. And of course, we have an enemy who's trying to do the exact same. Right? Fervent prayer. Listen, that's one of the only weapons we've got. Are you using it? Are we as a church using it? I mean, it must be utilized if we expect to stand against the devil's schemes. Right? If we expect to give any glory to God. So the question here, as we look at our, you know, six distinctives and we look at what it means to be a healthy church and a strong church, and the question really becomes, will we be a praying church? Will we do this? Will we own this? Will we look to the Lord in all of this? Verse 18 says again, at all times, right? So when life is, when life is good and there, and, and there are blessings and, and we're experiencing all of that, will we, will we praise the Lord? Will we thank him through prayer? When life is hard and we're experiencing the, the grime of the battle, will we pray at all times? Will we pray in the spirit? Meaning, will we pray in line with, with God's will and in his strength? Will we not just pray for our own comfort and pray for all the things that we want. Will we pray in the spirit? Will we pray what he wants? Will we pray in the spirit? Will we pray with, with all prayer and supplication? Okay, for the very many things that that require prayer? Will we pray for those things? Will we keep alert? Right? Will, we, will we persevere in prayer? We're not giving up because it gets difficult, not getting, you know, again, kind of sleepy or, or, or sort of lazy about it. Right? Life is full of challenges. It's full of disappointments. Will we continue to cling harder to the Lord and, and pray more desperately? Will we pray for each other? Right? That's what making supplication for all the saints is about. Will we pray for each other as we suffer and, and as we struggle? As you and I, as we experience blessings and as we experience joys, fervent prayer, right? It's, it's the weapon that we're to utilize. That's what we see here, as, again, as, as individuals, certainly, but as the church, definitely. When we realize that we're at war, Right? And, we, and we don't forget that and we become more aware of all of that. No longer does prayer seem like, eh, it's kind of this burden. No longer does prayer you know, seem like an option that we can pass on or something like that. No, it's like, I, I, it's a necessity. 
right? Like, I, I have to. There is, there's too much going on. There's too much at stake here. I have to cling to the Lord. Here's the last thing. We're committed to glorifying God through fervent prayer, believing that humility unleashes his power. For that, we're going to look at James chapter 5, verse 16. If you want to turn there, or again, it's up on the screen. It says this, therefore, okay, therefore confess your sins to one another. Now, if you think about that right there, that is, that's inherently a, a, an act of humility, isn't it? Right? It's not... It's not wearing a mask as though, you know, me or my family has it all together. No, it's, it's just humble admission. Like, I've, I've got problems. I'm more broken than, than I realize. I'm, I'm, I'm more broken than, than you know. You know, but I, I, I'm going to confess my sins. I'm going to confess what I, what I have done to, to others within this community. And because of the way this is this phrased here, it's phrased in the present tense, it's to say that this should be a, like a regular ongoing, habitual practice for the church. Not like once in a blue moon, or are we just kind of talking openly about our weaknesses, but we're going to do it regularly, right? So he says, therefore, confess your sins to one another. Keep going. He says, and, and pray for one another that you may be healed. Now, just back in September, actually, we finished off our series in the book of James, and, and it was Labor Day weekend where I preached through James chapter 5 and we covered this verse and the others around it and I would encourage you if you're you know looking for a you know a fuller explanation of all of that and really kind of mining into the context and all of it you can go back online and you can pull apart that podcast and go through that but there we we kind of looked at how you know there may be times you know according to this verse and the verses around it when unconfessed sin uh, can lead to physical illness it says, confess your sins that you may be healed. Now, we got to be really careful with this. It doesn't mean that, you know, every single cough and, and every single illness or disease that, that we have or, or might encounter is because there's some kind of unconfessed sin in your life. Okay, let's be kind of careful about all of that here. But, but that's, you know, what the context of this verse deals with. Now, 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 kind of zooming out here and looking at this in a very general sense, okay, confessing our sins which is an act of humility, I mean, we see here that it just unleashes God's power. Right? God it unleashes his power in our prayers. I mean, just look at the emphasis on power here and what James says next. He says, the prayer of a righteous person. Who's the righteous person? Not the person who thinks they're great. It's, it's the person who realizes that they're not. Right? The person who's, who's, who's humbled themselves through, through confession, right? who's, who's humbled themselves through repentance. I'm turning from my sin. I'm, I'm, absor- I'm receiving forgiveness in Christ Jesus. Right? The prayer of a righteous person has great power as it is working. A bottom line here, if we want to see more of, of God's power at work in our church, you know, whether you're praying for physical healing over something that you might be going through, or maybe it's some kind of, you know, spiritual healing. It's, it's some kind of, you know, way that your, your heart isn't functioning properly and you're kind of broken and there's, there's a way that you've been hurt or something that needs to grow and you're praying, Lord, would you heal me? Would you transform me? Would you change me in that? Or maybe for you, you're, you're praying for more of God's power and, you know, by way of salvations, right? Like we want to see people come to saving faith in Christ, right? Are you praying for that? I'm praying for that. Are you praying for, for more baptisms? I mean, how encouraging was that last week? We saw three young people, 
take that step of obedience. I want to see, I want to see even more. Right? Perhaps for you, it's like, I want, to, I want to see more disciples being made in our church and more disciples being multiplied in our church. Maybe you're praying for all of this. I hope you are. Regardless, humbling ourselves through prayerful confession of sin is the pathway to that power being unleashed. Right? That's, that's it. Look, I'll grant that, that Christians everywhere admit that they want to see God do more. Right? No one's like, eh, I'm kind of done with, with God moving in power. I've kind of had enough. I'd like to see more man in the church. I don't think anyone's saying that. Right? People want to see God do more. God, God increase our numbers. Or Lord, Lord, stretch us in that. Lord, bring in larger offerings. Maybe you're praying for that so that we, so we can do more. Maybe we can hire more staff. Maybe we can have more of an impact you know, in our church and reach more people, not just here, but, but outside, out there in Newmarket and in the surrounding area. Maybe for you, you're just praying like a heal more illnesses. God, I want to see your power in that. God, bring more peace, bring more, more joy to your people. Right? Those are things we pray and, and, and we pray fervently for those things. And it's a good thing too. But do we pray just as fervently for greater humility? Right? More repentance. Right? A deeper level of confession of our sin. Because when we're willing to go there, then power comes. Are we willing to pray for this? And here's the thing. Are, are you willing to pray for this for yourself? Right? It's really easy to see other people's flaws. Right? And the person you're sitting beside me, you're like, I'm going to be praying for that for them. Right? They need some work. Right? But are we willing to face our own sin? Are we willing to face our own brokenness? Right? At the end of the day, I understand that can be kind of a scary thing and, and, and there's fear involved in that. But if you really think about it, we should be very willing to do this. Because right? this morning, we're going to be taking a communion. I mean, you see the trays here and you see the tables. We're going to be taking that together in just a moment. Which is just like, again, the, the great reminder of the gospel. Right? That Christ has, has died to, to lovingly forgive every single sin that we've ever committed, every single sin that we ever will commit. Right? He saves those who, who come before him and just you know, humbly confess their need, their sin, and, and recognize that all of it, all of it is against a holy God. All of it is, a, is an affront to him. Right? We don't need to fear. He has provided a way for our sins to be forgiven. He saves those who trust that his sacrifice on the cross paid the debt that you and I owed. Right? And after we receive his forgiveness, after we get saved and then begin to grow as, as followers of Christ, right, we continue to come to him. Right? We know that he saved us. We know that he forgives. We know that salvation is found in him. So I, I'm going to continue to come to him. Right? I, I don't need to be so terrified about, about my brokenness. Jesus understands it all. He knows it all. And his plan is to transform it. His plan is to make me new. And so I can pray for these things. Right? I, can, I can pray fervently. I can, I can continue to humble myself. I, I, I shouldn't be pretending that I've got it all together. I know that I don't. Right? I'm going to ask him to, to continue to work and transform us even more. And listen, church, be encouraged by all of this today. Be inspired by all of this. That, that as we do that, as we submit ourselves to him, as we invite him into the process of our sanctification and, and our growth and our transformation, 
We're going to see that, that, that great power as it is working, as we see there in James chapter 5. So like I mentioned, we're going to remember Jesus' death through communion here this morning. We're going to do this as a way to, to thank him, right? to thank him for redeeming us, as a way for, for Christ followers to just, you know, once again have the opportunity to, to, to humble ourselves. And, and maybe there are some, some things in your life right now that you haven't been dealing with properly. And, and maybe it's, you know, you haven't confessed your sin and you haven't dealt with that in kind of this ongoing basis here. And so it's an opportunity to do that and, and to find again where our righteousness is found. So to remind ourselves of what Jesus has accomplished for us. And as we think about the sacrifice that he made, we, we find our hope and we find our, our, our joy in that again. And as we do that and as we drink the cup and we, we eat the bread, it's, it's a recognition and just, just an expression of, of our daily need. Right? We need his grace. We need his power in our lives.